0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, your hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. We're recording late as hell, Sunday night, Viking season's over. Yes, they allowed 31 points to the Giants. They allowed 31 points to Daniel Jones. And I'm not going to take like pot shots at Daniel Jones because if we've talked about how Kirk Cousins has taken steps forward this season, Daniel Jones has taken gigantic leaps forward this season. Um, He is a good quarterback in the league. Mm -hmm. That being said, the Vikings' defense made it easy on him today. Um, Ed Donatel—it's been a problem all year, mm-hmm. um, not almost not knowing when to send pressure, at, and then yeah. w- it's either not sending pressure or not knowing when to send pressure. That that kind of reared its ugly head a handful of times this season, um, and especially tonight in, in you know in in the wild card game. Uh, but just watching the way in the ease with which Daniel Jones moved down the field, Saquon Barkley, um, you know, moved down the field guys like Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah. Darius Slayton, Richie <laughs> James. Like those are the guys that are beating you. Like that's just unacceptable from, from a defense. Um, Daniel yeah. Jones threw for 301 yards, rushed for 78 more. Saquon ran for 53, two touchdowns. And, and frankly probably could have had more if Daniel Jones wasn't just so effective on the ground. Um, Daniel Jones had 17 carries today. Um, and and to Tom's point earlier in the show, it was Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, finding something that worked and going back to that. Well, over and over and over again, until Mm -hmm. Donatel proved he could stop it. Um, and he couldn't, and look, it's part personnel. It's not just the scheme. Like a lot of these players on the Vikings defense just got old this year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there was one play in particular and it's not fair to just kind of pin this play and and say like this is a microcosm of the season but it sure felt like it to me Uh, matthew Breda takes a jet sweep Daniil hunter has him lined up gets hands on him can't chase him down Mm -hmm. and then in that same moment harrison smith gets hands on matt Breda, can't chase him down Mm-hmm. and then Eric Kendricks finishes off the tackle and Matt Breda gets the touch or gets gets the first down yeah so it's like those three players at every level of the defense did not make a big play then it could not step up when 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 the Vikings needed them uh it just shows like the days of this defense being number one in the league and you know the glory days of Mike Zimmer like and, and how mm-hmm. dear this defense used to be like obviously that's done obviously a Donatel scheme, left a lot to be desired this season, but man, they also maybe just got old and in and, and this personnel, it, it, it's, it's a personnel issue. I think almost as much as it is a scheme issue.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, some of it is you're going, we talk about how Connell kind of benefits from being the anti Zimmer. Right. Um yeah, I do yeah. think Donatel. we, you know, we have seen a great defense here. Right. And uh, of course yes. you have to go a little ways back. Right. I mean, like it wasn't great for the last couple of years, but um, you're going from the Zimmer almost perfection in 17, good enough in 19, um, to like, Hey, Mike White looks pretty good. Mac Jones looked pretty good at this, Daniel Jones did the first time and in the playoffs, um, you know, you think the teams that like tore him up and, um, you mentioned a lot of these older players like Patrick Peterson hasn't been around as much, but you know, as much as I hesitate to uh call him washed or say he's you know like he's slowing down because the Cardinals made that mistake or whatever I mean we saw that right in certain games I think of the when he was playing against Amor, Amon Ross Sam Brown and like he just didn't know what to mm-hmm. do with a guy that good so um I think some of this I think we have to be like particular about how we break down the defense because setting aside the obvious thing it's just not good enough these gash plays that showed up in this game another demon we saw him a whole bunch in the um in yeah. in the regular season but Um, they do not have the right guys. I mean, like, you know, one of the things we're going to have to learn about Kwesi, um, the GM is how does he draft defensive players? Because he's going to have to bring in, how do you get younger players that fit your scheme? You draft them. Right. And like, can he do that? Um, readily. Um, with an offense that looks pretty ready to go, with with a fan base that now has expectations coming off a thirteen win season, um, and I think the other thing is just at what point, you know, do you say, hey, thanks to. Uh, Some of these guys, like obviously Kendricks is beloved. How would you not, knowing his personality, how much he loves football, what he did in his prime, um, and what he's still capable of doing at times? How do you not love a player like that? I'm inclined to believe Harrison Smith just didn't benefit from being in this system. Like I think he was just used wrong. Um, But we have to acknowledge how old he is. I think he's the second oldest safety, and we'll see next year if that's still the case. He may be the oldest guy. It's you got to love Patrick Peterson, how vindictive he was against this Arizona Cardinals team no one liked yep. and he's going to be dismantled. Um, but where he's at with his age and how hard the cornerback position is as you get into your 30s. Um, and you can go down the line, even like Jordan Hicks was at times, did fine as kind of a plug-in or whatever. And like um, a lot of it is, can you draft the guys into this scheme? Because if Donatel, and I'm sure we can talk, we can have the Donatel talk in a second here, but like if Donatel is gone, it doesn't change the fact that like I don't think you can just go change this again in the off season. Like I think it's going to have to be some version of the big Fangio scheme. There's a lot of guys that can coach that, right? But like – then you need the horses too. So I do think this is a combination of like Don Tell probably being a little too conservative and not knowing when to blitz. And I think it's also, maybe he's being conservative and not blitzing because he doesn't have the guys to do so. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Hunter. We'll see Zedaria Smith, people fell in love with him and he looked pretty banged up. I don't know if this is injury related or he's just slowing down or a combination of the two. Um, there's a lot of guys on this defense who didn't live up to expectations and the team has to honestly assess how much is it in an individual player in this spot and how much is it, the player was put in the wrong spot because of the scheme. And that's, you know, whether the defense is any good next year will be how they evaluate that.
1: For sure. I, I think you you do make a good point about, you know, you have to kind of look yourselves in the mirror as, you know, the front office of the Vikings and say, are these older players part mm-hmm. of our future? Um, I, I do think Ed Donatel to a degree became a scapegoat this year. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. – you're probably onto something when, like, the guy's been around the game of football for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he understands what works and what doesn't, and maybe he isn't calling these blitzes because he knows that the corners on the outside can't cover for that long, or you know, can't stick with their man. Maybe he understands that, like, sending the blitz, sending Eric Kendricks on a blitz, is not that effective anymore mm-hmm. because he's not as as fleet of foot as he used to be. Like, there are probably wrinkles. You know, layers—I should say—to to these decisions that, that Ed Donatel made on a continuous, weekly, you know, monthly basis um, mm-hmm. within games. Uh, but I, I do think after, you know, I had I have the stats right here, after you give up as many yards as you did to the the New York Giants, yeah, in in, in a must-win game. Obviously, it's the playoffs. But when when you allow the Giants to go for four thirty one on you at home with Daniel Jones at at, at at the helm and and that receiving core I talked about Isaiah Hodgins who was picked off of waivers in November
0: yeah yeah like
1: when when all of that happens um, I think you look at that and then you say like there needs to be a tangible change at, at this point um, yeah and 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 I and I you know it, maybe it's not all his fault but I do think that there comes a point in time where you just have to move on from, you know, and rinse kind of the sour taste out of your mouth from, from what was not a very good success. His, uh, defense this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think some of it's right—the old line that you can't fire all the players, so you just fire the coach. Um, yep. It's sucks yep. if you're a coach, uh, I think this is why I think Wes Phillips, his dad, his his grandpa were coaches. They were like, "Yeah, coaching is a great profession if you if you just don't want to do anything else," or some some line like that. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but because because of stuff like this, and you you know, you take the blame sometimes when you don't deserve to. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I just. I mean, you're right in terms of like just an unacceptability of like who who you're giving up these yards to and kind of like the fact that we kept seeing the same thing, it felt like over and over again. Um, and it just, I'm not convinced these guys are as washed, right? It, it, maybe look individually and you'll, you'll see certain guys, they'll just move on from in the off season. But I think some of these veterans will be back, right? Coaches yeah. love veteran players. My thought on Donatello specifically is don't make a lateral move because what you're going to do then is you're just going to create the opposite of the problem you had with Zimmer, right? Zimmer, think of how pumped people were with Norv Turner. Ah, he's done being a head coach. He's this old veteran, like, you know, he, offensive genius, whatever. They have a difference in opinion, and it just sets off this, like, crazy revolving door of offensive coordinators, right? Under Zimmer.
1: Yeah, um, yep.
0: I think, you know, Connell, in some ways, we're going to have to judge him. We judge him on what he knows, how he implements the McVay scheme, how he relates to the players, what he does to no- enable the quarterback. We also have to judge him on what he doesn't know, which is defense. If Staley's gone, let's say, right? If the Chargers go, man, we got Justin Herbert. We got to get this guy in the playoffs and winning games. You can't have a comeback loss to mm-hmm. the Jaguars, right? That's maybe a home run higher. I mean, it's, it's a little different. Like you think of the age dynamics, it did seem like O'Connell liked having a veteran coach on his staff. Mm-hmm. That is different, but you could kind of envision this staff, right. With him, with Wes Phillips, who he knew before him with Staley, who's kind of like of the O'Connell McVeigh mold. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to be fair, in terms of relating to the players, if you're moving to a younger defense, it probably makes some sense to go to with a younger coach. Right. I mean, I think, I think the veterans love Zimmer. I think the veterans love Donatelle. I don't know about the, I guess I have no proof that the younger players do, but like I do think that kind of matters and I would aim for a home run higher here. Otherwise, I mean, I guess you go into the offseason with probably like Donatelle as the incumbent and probably someone on the staff you'd trust to take over if it just blows up early. Um, but um, I think it's why we're being particular here. I understand the issues with Don Tom not fully sold for obvious reasons on him. I don't think it's that simple as fire him and the defense works.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From
0: Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show
0: is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Exactly. And I think that's an important thing to kind of, once the dust settles on this loss and once people's frustration kind of turns into just kind of apathy, (laughs) as it usually does, (laughs) With this team, I think you can look at it with more of like a pragmatic approach of like, yeah, look, this defense had flaws. The flaws were beyond just Ed Donatel. So there's going to need to be a lot of changes to come this off season. We will get into all that um, over the course of the off season. We'll still record here and there, try and be at least somewhat of a presence, um, in, you know, in the Viking space throughout the off season. Tom, I guess I'll leave with this. Like <laughs> I have some diehard Vikings fans that are friends, and yeah. I've texted the the group chats have been booming. That you know, in, in the aftermath of this loss, people are upset. I get it, but I don't think people are that like devastated by this loss because I think at the end of the day, it was pretty clear like this team mm-hmm. cannot win the Super Bowl. It is yeah. not like. Yeah. 98 and 09 it's not when you had even even the miracle year um as mm-hmm. uh, you know i get it like they got crushed by philly so they didn't they obviously were not of the caliber to win the super bowl mm-hmm. but there were all three of those that i brought to mind the randy moss teams obviously the adrian peterson team and the case keenum team yep. like those teams felt like this could they could do it they they could they mm-hmm. could win the super bowl Watching this team play today, it did not feel like that. It felt like if you mm-hmm. win today, it's a nice feather in the cap. It's a very nice step forward in, in the first year under Kevin O'Connell, and you earn the right to just get absolutely railroaded by the San Francisco 49ers next week yep. on the road. So that's kind of where I'm at this season. It was a objectively a successful season for what I think expectations were. Um, if you can think back obviously to two months ago and when I was making fun of you for calling this a thirteen win team, yeah yeah, they are. Um, they were there's a lot of positives to come out of this season. It might be hard to see right now, um in the aftermath of such a, you know a upsetting, frustrating way to kind of end the season, disappointing way to end the season. Um, but this team wasn't winning the Super Bowl, um, and I think that was pretty clear.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the the question is how do you build on the foundation? Because I think mm-hmm. their like Pythagorean record was like eight and nine. I, I don't think yeah. this was an eight and nine team. Um that you know we you have to acknowledge how bad some of these uh losses were, but the bad losses did like warp the stats. Like like the fact that they bounced back every time, right? Lost to Dallas, beat New England. Um, I mean they snuck by Detroit after losing in Philadelphia, but like um I don't think the Pythagorean thing is perfect, but like if we treat this like a ten-win team, we go okay. The foundation is you're going to battle two other teams for the for the division, right? I think Detroit's mm-hmm. legit. I think Detroit's going to get good. Here's the other thing about Detroit: they have a similar problem. They got to fix the defense. Um, yeah. And and yeah. with look at Green Bay. I mean, people because we have uh, zone coverage, we ha- we cover Packers and Vikings. The Packers writers we have and the people that read the site want to burn down Joe Barry's house. Like like we literally yep. actually have to tell them <laughs> stay away from Joe Barry's place of residence. But I think there's a reason why Matt LaFleur, a perfectly brilliant coach who, by the way, very familiar with 13 win records, right, um, is sticking with his guy there. There is something to be said about continuity. There is like defense has changed as offense has in the NFL. Um, but it's, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see three teams on different trajectories given where Rodgers is at his career, given the uncertainties that Detroit has, including although Goff's been better, Goff and just like where the defense is at. The Vikings enter next season in the mix. They are not the front runners in the NFC North in my mind, but that is a foundation to build off of. And now it's an arms race. How quickly do you get the quarterback you need or cousins to be where you're at? How quickly do you fix the defense? How quickly do you assure that you have weapons around Justin Jefferson? Because there are games he's going to be taken away. Although he has not reached his prime and maybe in his prime, he literally won't be able to, but I guess that's to be seen. The point is they're going to enter an arms race and this off season is going to be so crucial for where they kind of place in this division. And ultimately, could you compete with the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys, teams like that? And then we have to remember on top of that, because we're talking about how they really couldn't compete with like the top teams, Mm -hmm. NFC wasn't that good. You know what I mean? And so like they have a task ahead of them, but this is a foundation. It's unfortunate it ends with a playoff loss. I think that's the only thing that really matters here. I think we'd feel a little different if they won a playoff game, but um, they have a foundation and you know what? These guys are vindictive, like professional athletes just are. And if they come out upset, the ones who are back next year, that they got beat by the giants at home, more power to them. Sometimes they need something bad to happen, right? A loss like this in order to come back with a full head of steam. So um, this is on a lot of people. It's not just on a tell, like O'Connell can improve play calling. Quasey um, could draft better defensive players like, um you know whatever I mean you can go down the list unless you're like Justin Jefferson or TJ Hawkinson although TJ Hawkinson had some drops on third down but unless you're guys like that you got to look at yourself right and like how do I jump into this arms race help this team out because I do think all of a sudden the north is going to get interesting with with uh Detroit Green Bay and Minnesota
1: for sure well that's all we got it's late Sunday night me and Tom both going to get out of here um what a season it was as we kind of led the season, led the show off. Like it's weird to say it's over, uh, but it is, And We'll be watching playoffs kind of with nothing to write about from a Vikings perspective, moving forward. <laughs> we will be in touch though. Um, it, it's been really fun kind of talking about the Vikings, you know, three times a week. Um, you know, it's It's been a fun season to cover. It's been a fun season to kind of break down and we really appreciate you guys listening Um, I'll leave it there. For Tom Schreier, I'm Dane Mizutani. We are signing off from U.S. Bank Stadium. We will talk to you later.